everyone, it's Holly Barker, and I am so excited to be talking today to the beautiful Erin Ashley. Erin is a mother, coach, public speaker, fitness competitor, published fitness model, and an account manager for one of the leading supplement companies in Canada. Since a young child, Erin has had an unhealthy relationship with food and her body. This relationship led to years of struggling with bulimia. Erin, now in control of bulimia, chooses to call her food disorder a friend and a reminder to take control of her life and deal with the anxiety that at times still comes to surface. Six years ago, she took the stand and said enough is enough and was tired of being sick and tired all of the time. She wanted to be a leader and an influence to her daughter and to others that battled this disease. For the past six years, she has worked diligently to finally take a stand and be a lead for others. Her calling is to now share her story in hopes that others who suffer from this will find encouragement and support through her books, her talks, and her programs on her website, erinashley.com. Can I get a rock star heck yes to this amazing woman? I am so excited to hear more from Erin. everyone today I'm so excited to be talking to Erin. Hey Erin. Hi Holly how are you? I'm awesome how are you? Wonderful. So we are Monday of Labor Day and we were just talking you are getting your girl all ready for school and uh, are you able to enjoy the day? Uh, a little bit yeah a little bit but it really is kind of this is the day before the the calm before the storm or I guess kind of the Come before my happy dance and she's back to school. I think you <laughs> kind of resonate with that all over the place. Yeah. And everything. So yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> and you're, you're in Vancouver. Is it uh, smoky there? It's, it's not smoky, but you know, it's really hot. They're saying this weekend might go up to 38. Ay, ay, ay. It's all hot outside. So I don't mind uh, staying in the cool shade and talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right, so we've got listeners all over the world. Um, you are my first girl from Canada, so yay! <laughs> but we have listeners all over from Australia to um, Mexico, all over the states, uh, all different climates and, and ways of life. Can you give us a little insight to your day-to-day routine? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I am a mother, a single mom to a beautiful, soon-to-be nine-year-old little girl. Um, I guess one of the big things I really, I'm really into, not only, I believe one of the biggest muscles we have, obviously, is our brain. So um, I, every morning when I wake up, I kind of lay there for a couple seconds, give myself about three minutes of just visualization of what my day is going to be, kind of claiming and kind of, I guess, manifesting to a certain degree what, what I want to have or what energy I want to bring into my day. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter, of course, get her ready for school. Um, she likes her protein smoothies, started her young. Mm-hmm. And uh, on our way to school, we actually do a cool thing. We do four things we're thankful for. This year will be four because she's going to grade four. Ah. Great way of kind of giving thanks, you know, and starting the day in a positive note, both her and I. Yes. And then I can drop her off fairly early, which is one of the reasons why I'm glad it's back to school. I hit the gym, do some cardio. And uh, I'm an account manager for one of the leading supplement companies in Canada. So I have about 120 retail stores that I deal with on a day-to-day basis, selling them organics and vitamins and workout products. So I visit a lot of my stores and um, then at the end of the day, I grab my daughter, head home. We walk, we have a poodle. She's already been walked once before. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, just have dinner together. 
And then I usually head back to the gym at night for weights. I kind of split them up. I do cardio in the morning, weights in bed. I just find it's easier for me time-wise. Right. And um, yeah, I try to squeeze some writing in there. I write a blog and I'm trying to work on a couple books right now. So it's, it's pretty tight scheduling sometimes, but yeah. That's kind of a little bit about my days, I guess. <laughs> cool. Well, I have a couple of things on that, uh, on that awesomeness you just shared. So when you wake up and you visualize your day, does, um, so is that an internal or do you speak out loud? And then when you use that three minutes, is it um, affirmations kind of like I am or I will? How does that look? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I visualize kind of what my day entails, like who I'm going to be coming in contact with. I mean, when I... I pre-book all my appointments with my account. So I think about, you know, energy I'm bringing into a space when I'm dealing with different people. Um, I also do the mantras as well. You know, I am powerful. I'm loving. I do a lot with my, especially for my body as well, that I'm strong and I'm healthy. You know, I, I can accomplish all that I need to accomplish. I'm exactly where I need to be in this moment in time. <laughs> so I do a lot of that stuff. So sometimes it just varies from day to day. Um, but I really believe in the idea and the concept of, um, my thoughts create my reality. My thoughts create my feelings, which create my actions. So that's a big part of um, cognitive behavioral therapy, which is something I use quite a bit. Cool. So then at what point in your morning do you become reactive? And um, like reactive being when do you look at emails? When do you look at your phone? When do you start to react to the demands of the day? Oh, that's, yeah, that's usually kind of right after that. That's why I usually take a couple minutes in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I usually have my posts, like I already know what I'm going to be posting the day before. I've kind of already thought about what I'm posting if I've written it up already so I can just share it immediately. Um, but it usually happens pretty fast. I mean, I wake up because my company that I work for is East Coast, I'll wake up to 20 to 30 emails a day. So then it's immediately kind of just jumping right into it. Right. So it's, yeah, it's, it's fairly fast. But mind you, when I speak of reaction, it's funny because one of the things I've really done in recent years is when something's happened that's upset me. I've really learned, and this has been hard, but I've learned to give myself time to not react from my ego, but to sit back and think about how I'm, you know, how I'm responding to things. So mm-hmm. if something comes at me that's kind of a little bit negative or um, I feel kind of my, my ego gets you know, up in arms, mm-hmm. I really have learned to step back, give it two, three days if I can, right? If I can, if I don't have to deal with the issue right then. And yeah. react for more of a space of um, love instead of, my ego, which will, you know, try to be defensive. And so that's something I've really tried working on. <laughs> I love that. Um, do you practice yoga? I don't, you know why I have, that's why I can only do about three minute meditation. I am, I'm an A personality and I'm just, I wish I could. I don't know if I can sit that long. That's why I like the gym and I love training because it's more, it's faster, I guess. Mm. Yeah. But I don't do yoga. Cause the, the ego thing reminds me of that. And I, I, I'm like you, like, I love to be like, oh, feeling like I'm rocking out a workout or like, I'm like just sweating buckets. But then whenever I meet myself on my mat, I am immediately reminded that I am always, I'm usually eagle first. So then it just kind of puts me in check and it's like, yes, that's what I needed. (laughs) No, I can, I should probably actually try it. I know I've been intending to, so maybe that should put on my I'll put that on my list. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I, I just, uh, that just reminded me of that. And so then um, with your fitness, cardio in the morning, strength training in, um, at night, do you have a, a typical fitness philosophy that you follow? Do you have a, a Monday to Friday routine or how does your fitness look in your lifestyle? 
I mean, I, I tend to almost do something every day. I'm active every day. If I look at my daughter, my daughter is active every day. It's not like she takes a day of rest from playing. And it's yeah. active, since I'm not playing and I'm not running around outside and I tend to sit a lot because I drive from store to store, I think being physically active every day is perfectly fine. So I do something pretty well every day. Um, but I also really, really believe in listening. I've gotten more in tune with myself and I know something doesn't work for me. So if I am tired, you know, past years, I would have made myself go to the gym, even if I was exhausted. Now I can really kind of honor that and say, you know what, you're tired. It's okay. You can rest. I give you permission. <laughs> you know? So mm-hmm. I learned to really kind of be more in touch with what I need, more intuitive to my body, more in touch that way. But a typical week for me, I usually always do cardio every morning fasted because I feel better when I do fasted cardio. It's not because any science or any data or anybody's beliefs. It's because mm-hmm. I actually feel better. I've said that to people. If you don't feel good doing fasted cardio, then eat something first. I think we kind of we don't we tend to listen to what others tell us to do with our body a lot of the time. We don't really honor what our body's telling us. Mm-hmm. So I'm really big on that. But Monday I tend to do legs a little heavier at night, and Tuesdays is shoulders. You know, Wednesday I do uh, back legs. I do legs again. Thursday I do legs again, but lighter, some more like band exercises, um, higher reps, lower weight. Friday, I do arms. And then Saturday, I kind of do like a whole body of 10. So it's 10 reps um, per body part. And I do it four times in a row. I kind of speed through it fast. It's kind of like my own, I guess, mini hip training, I guess you could say that I do. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday, it's something fun. Usually when my daughter and I go for a hike or I go for a walk or we do something together or do stairs or you know, just something a little bit, it's not necessarily in the gym. Cool. So do you write your own, your own workout r- routines? I do. I, you know, it's funny. I look a lot online for inspiration too. Sometimes, you know, you'll see some great exercise on Instagram and some videos or on social media. And it's like, wow, this is great. I, um, I was a trainer for years. So I kind of tend to know the exercises that I do, but there's always, it's always neat to find different variations or reminders of exercises you haven't done in a while. Mm-hmm. So, but I tend to do my own thing. Yeah. Uh, cool. So then what is your nutritional philosophy? Do you follow a step, uh, a specific style of fueling or um, do you eat intuitively? How does that look for you? I am now I'm a big believer in the 80, 20 rule. So 80% of the time I eat uh, very clean, 20% of the time I let myself, I mean, I enjoy the food I eat anyways, 80% of the time, my clean foods, but 20% if I want a glass of wine and I want some cheese or I want a little dark chocolate or I want to go out and have a meal that's my, or like a meal that's outside of what I normally would, you know, have. That's more my 20%. Mm -hmm. I struggled with an eating disorder and bulimia for many, many years. So it was really an all or nothing mentality. So I found for myself, having this 80-20 rule gives me the ability to um, be accountable for 80% of the time, which I believe you have to be accountable if you want to have certain, you want, you know, have certain goals within your fitness and health. But then 20%, it gives me that opportunity to you know, enjoy little things I want to have. If I want to go to a movie with my daughter, I can have popcorn with extra butter on it. It's not going to um, throw me over the edge because that's part of my 20%. So I do that. But then I also follow, I found for myself that keto works best for me, a predominantly keto diet. If I do have carbs, I tend to have them later in the day. But I tend to have more proteins and fats throughout the day. And then before I hit a leg day, maybe I would have like on Sunday nights when I do legs on Monday, I would have my popcorn and some M&Ms with my daughter and that'd be my 20%, you know? So I found that's, I feel best in that. So that's where I've really been able to 
I pay attention to what makes me feel better. And so then with, um, correct me if you're, if I'm wrong, this is, uh, this is your newfound, um, speaking engagements and, uh, you are, you just wrote a book on your bulimia, bulimia struggles, correct? Yeah, I did the book, the book Bulimia to Balance was last year. Um, I'm working on a new one right now called Food and You. So it's more of a workbook idea. Um, I, for 20, 25 years, I really struggled with eating disorders. And the only time I was ever not dealing with my eating disorder issue, believe it or not, was when I was competing. And that's when I had structure and I had my meals planned. And the minute my show would stop, I would tailspin into this really bad cycle of bulimia. So after I worked on it, I spent a lot of time really working on it. What I found is I operate best in structure and that's okay. So that's one of the reasons why I'm, I believe in having meals planned out for me and operating the 80-20. So 80% of the time I do have a certain amount of structure and 20% of the time I can relax a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I guess my big message that I really want to share, and I have a lot of women who've reached out to me over the years who still struggle with eating disorders way past their 20s, is that you can actually stand in fitness sustainability. You can find a kind of somewhat a peace with your body, you know, and that's been a huge, huge thing for me. And, um, and especially something I want to teach my daughter. I don't want my daughter going through and hating her body as much as I did. That's a, so that's a really big, it's a really big incentive for me and to help others. And so if I can, when I do my talks, helping other women realize how they can kind of grasp that fitness sustainability and what works for them. And in also that being able to be a positive role model to my daughter has both been really important for me. So then did you find, um, did you find that it was a bit of a process finding what worked for you to get you out of that struggle? Was the 80, 20 rule kind of something that you just landed on and it was like, Hey, I can find success in this. Or how did you come about that? Mm, that took a, I, I had to be a lot. When I really began looking at my patterns with my bulimia in the first while, I really just had to have structure. That was really kind of what I had to provide for myself and having the 80, 20 rule I had to be careful what I would have that 20% with because 20% could be a trigger for me. So I recognized what my triggers were. I mean, I love popcorn. I worked in the movie theater when I was 16. So that's something I enjoy having every week. But for a long time, that was something that triggered me into my bulimic tendencies. So I couldn't have that as part of my 20% in the very beginning. And mm-hmm. as I began to kind of work through it, I realized what my triggers are. I also recognize when I'm out of alignment, when I'm not listening um, to my good orderly direction, as I call it, uh, when things feel off, my bulimia will show up for me. And she's more of a friend. I look at her now instead of, it's not a problem. It's actually a good thing. So it means it's, Aaron, you need to check in. Something's not right. If that starts showing up for me, if I want to binge or if I start to get anxiety about food. So it took me a long time to kind of recognize myself in when I start falling into it. And then also what, what triggers are, what my triggers are to take those out for a bit and operate with more structure for a long at least it took me about a year before I could have cake batter in the house, to be honest with you, because that was a trigger for me, but I recognized it. And also getting just more aware of, oh, okay, hold on. I'm beginning to want to, like, I'm beginning to want to binge. I'm beginning to feel anxiety about food. What is that? What's showing up? What am I not listening to? You know, so that's become a real kind of work in progress for me. And is it a common theme of what you're not listening to, to when those um, signals or ang- anxious feelings come about? Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. You know, it just happened last week. Um, I began to notice I'll be standing and all of a sudden I'll get, I'll get just kind of this bubbly kind of hole oh, and feel kind of off. And I all of a sudden just want to 
eat food that I don't want to eat. It was because I wasn't listening to something that was going on and like personally in my personal life. And when I address it and when I'm open about it, when I confront the person about what I'm feeling, that immediately would go away for me. So it's been really, it's been a real growth experience for me to kind of recognize that. And I see it now. So I don't have to fall into the bulimic pattern because I can stop and go, okay, what's going on here? Where are we out of alignment? What's like, what's happening here for you? You know? And then I can say, oh, okay, you know what that is? It's because I haven't dealt with the situation because I'm feeling this certain way. And now I need to go talk to this person about it. You know? So um, I'm far more aware of it now, far more aware of it. That's so powerful. And I believe that all of us like deal with that in, um, in our lives at some point, whether it be um, abusing food or abusing some type of substance or some type of behavior. Yeah. It's something that we all need to like get in check with ourselves. And it's important to know like how to deal with that feeling. Well, yeah, it's like what the, I mean, I look at it as you're trying to fill, I'm trying to fill and I'm trying to numb. So mm. yeah, for me is not just a, you know, I want to, you know, bulimia is binging and purging for those of you who don't know. So you eat copious amounts of food and then you throw up. And that was something I really struggled with. Now, it wasn't necessarily the calories I was scared of as the years progressed, because if I was binging and purging, I tend to gain more weight. So my body can't get rid of all those calories. But what it was, is I was trying to numb out. So I was trying to numb out. I was trying to fill a void. I was trying to get control because I feel out of control when I'm in a binge and I gain immediately control when I purge. So it's a very interesting dynamic. And I think you can have that with boys. You can have that. With, I mean, I have girlfriends you have it with men. You can have it with food. You can have it with drugs. You can have it with relationships. You can have it, you know, all these different things we try to fill and numb with instead of standing in and recognizing, oh, something's, something's going on here for me. Mm. What is this? What do I need to pay attention to? You know? Or, yeah. So I think that's a big, it's a big thing. And it takes a while to get to. You know, I'm now after I'm, in my 40s <laughs> but now I am just now beginning to really catch it right away it's taken years of work to kind of get to the point where I catch it right away and go oh okay what's going on Aaron what's up what are you not listening to and mm. so what I hope with my you know with my daughter and other young women as well is that they'll be able to recognize when they see those tendencies starts coming up they go oh something's not right I'm out of alignment here with something I'm not listening to something going on maybe I should get a little still I should ask myself you know get present with my body Say what's what's happening here, you know? So yeah. I think it's been huge for me. It's been really huge for me. And that's one of the things I'm um, I want to work with other women as well is to have them understand necessarily it's not you're hungry, but you're you're trying to fill with something because you're feeling out of line with something else. And so do you work with uh, women one on one with uh, this or is it um, speaking engagements primarily? Yeah. No, I do. I do um, I have coaching available on my website. So I do food and you coaching. And then I also do recovery coaching. I'm an eating disorder recovery coach. So I've taken that. And then I've also done, um, I'm actually just, I registered to say that I'm going to do my, I'm going to be a holistic nutritionist as well. So it's an online course. So I just paid on Friday. <laughs> so, huh? <laughs> that's my next, just to have that kind of in my, you know, in my little toolbox of things. So yeah, people can work one-on-one -on -one with me as well. So I do have that. And is it female specific or is it male as well? I mean, I can work with men as well. I mean, it's the same idea, right? That the disconnection of self and the needing to fill um, can come both ways. I think it's a lot of women who I've found in the years um, who reached out to me. And that was one of the reasons I started to offer coaching because I had so many women who'd reach out to me. I mean, I had one woman, um, she'd been married. She'd been married for 20, 25 years and she had been throwing up periodically and nobody knew. She's like, and I'm not telling anybody. 
She said, but if you could just give me some tips and tools, I'd really appreciate it. Because a lot of these women who are following these, especially eating disorder tendencies, they're not going to admit it to anybody at all. Do you find that when they don't admit it and they still keep it a secret that they are, uh, that they are more bound to relapse? Oh yeah, for sure. I think so. Because you think you're not going to do it again, right? So I think it's, yeah. it's it, I mean, it's, food's so different because we have to have it every day. It's not like alcohol, you know, with an alcohol. If you're an alcoholic and you're like, okay, I'm just going to stop drinking. I'm not going to drink anymore. I'm going to you know, abstain from this. So I'm not going to go around bars. I'm going to choose certain places that aren't going to have alcohol. I won't be around that. I'm going to you know, have different friends. With food, it's kind of impossible. You have to eat. So mm-hmm. you have to find some sort of way of dealing with that. And um, I mean, it all really does start in the mind because that's where you're going to get triggered when you start, you know, you start eating, whether it's binging and not purging. So just binging because that's actually... It's just been the, it's the newest recognized eating disorder is binging, binge eating or anorexia or um, bulimia. And what's even more interesting is that eating disorders have the highest mortality rate of any mental health illness, which is really profound. Like if you th- I never even thought of it as a mental health illness. Mm. I just thought, what? No. I just like to eat lots of food. Yeah. When looking at it, it's like, it's, you know, it's a real kind of mental game. And if you can get a hold of that and step into a more empowered way of, um, talking to yourself, and I think it can really help you shift, help you shift, right? And having somebody to talk to, I think that's a big thing. That's why I think a lot of women, when I've shared my story, they've reached out to me because they see I get it. I've been there. You know, yeah. I understand. I, I, I totally get it. Instead of um, admitting to a counselor or going to somebody like that, a lot of times people have a hard time without going to a therapist. It might be a little more difficult for them. Right. So then you, you are obviously the voice of... Um, a self-love movement and you're leading the way for women and men to follow. You have no sign of slowing down, only growing. So what are the key factors that have contributed to your success to this day? Well, I love the fact that you've been considered me as a voice that makes my heart warm. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I guess I just really feel this is my calling. I, you know, when I am able to give a talk and I have somebody come up after and I've seen that I've connected with them or I've made a difference or they you know, I've had women in the audience um, who've cried when I'm talking about kind of my story and where I come from because they really resonate with it. And if I can help them in any way, shape, or form, that's really where I feel, um, yeah, my heart just gets so full with that. It makes me so happy. It actually gets me emotional even thinking about it. But I guess one of my main goals, too, is that I really want women to understand that no matter what size you are, it's not about being a certain size. It's about being and loving yourself for who you are, whether it be a size 6 or a size 14, you know, mm-hmm. being healthy. And feeling good in your skin is so important, um, you know. But I guess some of the stuff I'm, you know, I'm working on now is I'm. I have the talks and I have the book, and I, I don't really want to slow down. Like, you know, I want to do my new book and I want to be able to connect with more people and have workshops. But I guess some of the stuff that I've, the key factors for for me is to finally start really understanding my body, understanding what my body needs, food wise, macro wise. And um, and looking at my bulimia as more of my friend when she shows up, that she's there to kind of remind me that something's off instead of getting lost in it. You know, I pay attention to it a little bit more. So, yeah, if I can, I can help others. I believe that's part of my assignment here, really. On earth. I think we all have one. So that's, I believe, part of mine. So then do you think um, in the past, 
not recognizing this and not accepting it, that's what stood in your way? Or what would you say is your biggest, the biggest triumph that you've had to overcome to get to this point? I guess one of the biggest things is not um, really not falling into that, the nasty girl that kind of lives in each of us, our nasty guy, you know, that inner voice that tells you you're not enough or, you know, um, and for me, that was my bulimic Erin as well. She gets mixed in there. Um, and catching the dialogue when it starts, that's been really a huge part of it. That's what cognitive behavioral therapy is. That's what they use a lot with eating disorders. So, you know, my thoughts control my feelings, control my actions. So the second that shows up for me, um, when I'm standing in the kitchen, all of a sudden I start eating more and it's like, you know, you should get rid of it. You should get rid of it. You should have this in you. You're too fat. You're too, you know, all the different stuff that shows up, whatever that language is for you, catching that immediately, stepping away, walking away, changing my thoughts to empowerment empowering thoughts, which is going to change my feelings and then change my actions. So that's been, um, that's been a really big part of being able to step into a more healthier way of being with my body and loving my body more. And so there, is there something specific that you do to like, to recognize it and then to like, to get out of that psychological state to be like, no, I am good enough and I do deserve to eat this. Is there, is there something that you do that helps you get from a negative state to a positive state? Um, it's actually funny. As I recently started doing, I don't know if you've ever heard of, have you heard of tapping? No. Tapping has been something really powerful for me. I'm actually going to do a YouTube video on it. But tapping is basically where you're hitting um, different energy points in your body and you're, and you're saying phrases. So you're hitting one point and you say, I am powerful, I am lovable. So what I can do if I'm in a moment and I'm feeling really disempowered or feeling my anxiety kick in, it's almost like a mantra. You're repeating a mantra, but you're actually tapping on different points of your body to connect. Um, it's, I, yeah, I'll do a YouTube video, but I'll, if you Google tapping, it's, it's quite interesting. But I found that has really helped. I do that at night sometimes. But if I'm caught in the moment, like if I'm standing in the, in the kitchen and I'm starting to binge, or if I'm feeling a tendency or my anxiety kicks in, I actually just step out of the kitchen. I leave. I have mm -hmm. to walk away. That's the first thing I can do. And if I can, I get somewhere quiet. If I'm home, obviously I have that option. I'm not going to go and do some tapping if I'm, you know, out in the restaurant. Though, oh, I could. <laughs> but I think just really stepping away and um, understanding that, that something else is going on. There's a reason why that is kicking in for me. And really asking myself, what is that? Instead of falling, falling further down and down and down and leading to a binge and a purge or leading to binging. Um, I really step away from it. So that's going to be like physically remove myself yeah. from the situation, right? So. so then where did you get your start into becoming the fitness model speaker and the brand that you, you have become and are becoming? Um, well, my dad was a bodybuilder growing up. My mom was a figure skating coach. So I've kind of always, I've grown up with, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger magazines and all the, like everything. Love it. <laughs> it's been a really big part of my life since I was really young. Um, and so aesthetics and genetics were always really important in my household. My dad was very concerned about how we looked all the time, which is something I'm very aware of. And I try really hard not to um, implement in my own daughter's life. Right. But um, I own fitness centers inside of uh, juice bars in my 20s. To my, so 2024. And then when I was 26, I was a trainer in Toronto and Yorkville. And I competed in my first Spain competition. And then I was sponsored by PBL, which was Way Gourmet, which mm. is so it's all the same company. 
And I had the opportunity, I was a salesman, I became an account manager in Southern Alberta, Southern Saskatchewan. And um, I tripled my numbers and then Body Plus, the company I'm with now, headhunted me and took me back to Toronto. And then I was offered uh, BC. And so I moved out here about roughly nine years ago. And um, when I had my daughter, I kinda, I'd still been really struggling with the bulimia. And that's when I kind of decided, you know, maybe it's this fitness thing. Maybe this is what's, you know, why I can't seem to stop my, um, my really destructive behavior pattern with food. So I stopped competing altogether, and, um, but it still continued on because it wasn't necessarily the fitness. It was, I wasn't able to, to connect with I, that I was out of alignment or I wasn't listening to myself or, or to stop myself and make, those, you know, make the conscious effort to step away from the food. Um, I started competing again about, I guess it was eight, five, six years ago. And then I went up to nationals. I went to the Arnold's, which was a dream come true. Mm. And um, the Arnold Amateurs, to be clear. <laughs> mm. And, um, and then as I began to wind down off of the competing thing, I mean, I've always really loved writing. And so I began to talk a little bit more openly about my bulimia. And I was encouraged to possibly do the ebook. And I did the ebook. And I had opportunities open up to do public speaking. So um, Victoria, the West Coast Women's Show four years ago was my first time there. And I've been speaking there every year since. And they're coming up this year as well. So I began to shift kind of how I want to present myself. Um, in the fitness industry, I find it's, it's, it's a very fine line because I love taking sexy pictures. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, they're so much fun. And then I try to find a way, how do I brand myself within that? So it's, um, it's been a little bit of a challenge sometimes, but I think I'm slowly kind of getting to a point where I can morph the two. It can be sexy and then you can be, you know, an advocate for self-love as well. Absolutely. It's, it's empowerment. And that's what I see when I see you. I see a powerful woman, I don't see bulimia, which is, I think, a hard thing to accomplish because once you, um, what do I want to say? If, if once you come out and say that, say your biggest struggle, it's hard to not be defined by that. Yeah. yeah. But you're doing a good job. Thank you. Well, that's one of the reasons why the, the next book I'm really working on, Food and You, is really about being able to step into a positive space with food and your relationship with food and recognizing your tendencies. And um, it's more of a workbook idea. So it's not just a book of me speaking, but it's work step taking, sorry, taking people step-by-step through some of the processes I've used in a question and answer kind of idea um, that then you can actually use that going forward. So you can refer back to it and say, Oh, okay. That's what that, that's what that means for me. You know? Ah, that's such a good idea. Yeah. So it's been, it takes a long time though. I'm just, I have 15 chapters and I'm editing chapter four. <laughs> it takes, it's a lot of work, but it'll be done eventually. When it's supposed to be done, it will be done. <laughs> and where is it going to be available? Uh, on my website. I'm actually going to be printing this one as well. Cool. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's going to be part of it. And then from that as well, I want to have more an online program with that available. So Are you doing um, pre-orders? Uh, not yet. I will be doing pre-orders though. I will definitely be announcing that. Probably, I'm probably thinking it's going to be spring next year. I really wanted to have it done for the fall. But based on, you know, I, I tend to, you know, I have a big list in front of me. I think a lot of people can resonate with this. And I've really had to, you know, pay attention to the fact that my daughter really has to be priority. And if I have, you know, 120 stores and I'm trying to take care of myself and I'm trying to take care of her, I can't get everything done. And so I've had to find a little bit of peace with that with my A personality that wants to have everything done right now. Right. <laughs> you know, and keeps creating these lists. So I am thinking I'm probably going to have to wait for the spring to have it done completely and done it right. I really want to honor it and give it the you know, correct amount of attention it needs. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably thinking spring is when it's going to be available. 
Awesome. So how do you continue to invest in yourself to be the lead in this industry? Um, well, I guess, you know, I take, I take courses. I just, as I just said, I've just registered to do my holistic nutritionist course. Um, and I think I read quite a bit, you know, I, I, I drive quite a bit on the road. So I'm always downloading pod, not podcasts, but the uh, audio books. Mm-hmm. I really love those as well. Um, I just finished Danielle Laporte's book, which I really loved. So I guess that, and I have a really great group of girlfriends that, you know, we can have exchange dialogue about these issues and have, you know, their feedback. And my mother as well, um, she's a very highly intelligent woman. So she really, she's always challenging me. So, um, but I think just, yeah, more education, you know, taking my, my extra schooling and, and continue writing. Cool. So you said you love doing photo shoots and, and taking rockstar photos. So what are a few tips and tricks that you use to um, successfully prepare for a photo shoot, whether it be like wardrobe or your skincare or um, something that you do to just make you shine on that day? Yeah, um, I, yeah I just finished a shoot actually a couple of weeks ago. With who? Um, it's actually Ingrid Paul. Um, she's on the island. And so I use that for more content photos. Uh-huh. So, and I also did AJK. Yeah. yeah I shot with her. And she's awesome. Awesome. And I'm looking at, I'm going to Toronto in October for work. So usually when I go to Toronto, I try to line up doing something with either, um, you know, Arthur or Dave Laos or um, I'm looking at West the Studios as well. He's great. Yes. So just trying to shoot with somebody out there. So that's kind of my new, I was like, all right, uh, October 10th. So that gives me about a month. Um, and I always try to eat really clean no matter what anyways, but basically kind of how I would tidy it up would be at least, you know, from now till then, I'll just eat on point. So it might not be 20% I give myself. I might take it down to 10% per week where I have extra treats. So mm-hmm. if I had popcorn nibs, M&Ms, you know, at the movie theater, maybe I take out the M&Ms <laughs> and then I take out the nibs. And then it's going to go less and less until the last, you know, maybe two, three weeks. And it's like, okay, we just read pretty well clean the whole entire time. Yeah. What I found in that too is after a photo shoot, I'm not, I don't have this, um, the mentality I guess I would have when I competed, where it's like, oh, I'm going to add a list of food that I'm going to ingest in 24 hour period. Right. Mm-hmm. The best part of the thing about photo shoots is that it's like, oh, okay, I think I'll have a salad. That's great. And maybe mm-hmm. a mint cheese because it's not like I've deprived myself for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I definitely increased my cardio a little bit by maybe an extra 20 minutes, maybe the last week or so. Um, and I usually take a good natural diuretic and drink lots of water. Um, I love spray tans. I'm a yeah. <laughs> for a good spray tan. And of course, getting your makeup and your hair done. I mean, I'm, I love getting my makeup done. So um, those are something I always like to do. But the big thing too, before I go into a photo shoot is I really look, and you probably do this as well, but I look at all different photos I see. I'm constantly collecting pictures I like and just mm-hmm. storing them. You know, because, oh, I love that. And how can I take this and make it a little different? Or how can I, you know, take this idea and do something um, with it. And so I'm always collecting pictures. So when I go into a shoot, I, I have usually a very large suitcase with me with lots of different clothing options. Mm-hmm. Um, I bring more than less because then you always know sometimes you can nail a shot in a couple within two or three pictures. And you're like, oh, okay, next outfit. Yeah. Really like when you know your angles, you can hammer through things a lot faster. Mm-hmm. So, um, and looking what your theme is, you know, is this more of a sports one or you can be in the gym? You know, if I do a gym shoot, obviously I'm definitely going to be, you know, being a little bit more, paying more attention close to my dieting and what I'm eating. Right. To a content shoot that I did on the island the other day because it's not, I'm not, 
I'm not in, you know, a pair of tights and a tank top. I'm in a shirt or a pair of jeans. So it's a different look altogether. Right. Um, but yeah, and so when I do my public speaking as well, I always get my hair done. I'm kind of a sucker for a blowout. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like the blowout queen. I usually go once a week. So <laughs> they, they have blowout places in Vancouver? Oh, Nordstrom's has the dry bar. It's amazing. Really? Oh, man, I, I live in such a small town. <laughs> yes. No, I mean, not only that, Mac Makeup or the makeup stations there at Nordstrom's will do your, well, Mac does for free. So if I'm going out for that, I go for a blowout, get my blowout done, and then I walk over to Mac Makeup, they do my eyes, and I'm set. So, oh, my God, that's amazing. I know, and then you're ready to go out. I do it all the time. Ah. <laughs> uh. I need that. I, whenever I'm in um, LA and I'm in West Hollywood, I go to Tantris Yoga and they have a blowout bar in the bottom, which is so nice. But when I'm back in Kamloops, or I mean, not Kamloops, Kelowna, I, uh, I just remain sweaty all day. <laughs> I, I totally, yeah. There's nothing beats a good blowout. I mean, I don't oh. think men realize. <laughs> no, I know. It's such a pain <laughs> in the butt to blow your, like to dry your own hair. Yeah, you give you know if as a man if you give your girlfriend a good blowout you're gonna be getting brownie points. <laughs> <laughs> Take note, buy her a gift card for a blowout. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, that's um, but yeah, I don't because I I also have been able to kind of maintain fine fitness sustainability. That's been the best part is I don't have to spend you know two months dieting down to do a photo shoot. Right. I kind of tidy things up for like a month. And then I don't feel deprived and I get some great pictures out of it and I kind of carry right back into what I was doing before. So cool. I love that. What's the theme of your shoots in Toronto? Um, well, I know the hot and fit is coming up. Yeah. So, uh, this would be maybe my, if I got in this year, it'd be my fifth year. Cool. Um, yeah. So I'd probably aim for those, but just a couple shoots for that, just a couple shots for that because I can't, some of the pictures are a little. Like that I did last year, I absolutely love them, but they're really, really kind of sexy. Like, little, yeah, so I can't really use them for content, I find, as much. Mm -hmm. So more kind of, um, more fitness stuff is what I'd like to do. So Awesome. Yeah. Um, and so then, what projects are you excited about right now? And uh, what is next for you? And where do you see your brand going in the next five years? Um, well, definitely the Food and You book. So mm -hmm talked about that I really want to do and that's something I'm working at every day it's on my chalkboard I have a little chalkboard of lists of things I'm supposed to be doing um, and then I'm speaking at the West Coast Women's Show in Abbotsford and that is in October and I'll be at the Vancouver Health Show I believe the Calgary Health Show and the Victoria Health Show again this year speaking and then having the programs on my site for people to work on so it's they don't have to do as much one-on-one -on -one coaching but they can actually buy into a 21-day kind of feeding program yeah and in the next five years, I guess having my site become more of a place for uh, women to come to who are struggling or who want to find um, some sort of fitness sustainability, you know, and health and wellness and a place for encouragement and support. I guess that's really what I would love to put out, you know, make a difference. That'd be the big thing is making a difference. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that's the, the best way to kind of uh, – it's worth more than anything the money. I mean, as much as I love making money, I love my day job. But when I have somebody tell me that, you know, something I said inspired them or something I've done has made a difference, that is, that is worth, I know, yeah, it's worth more than anything, I really think. And you probably experienced that too, because you are definitely a, a huge motivator for so many women. So I, I know you probably feel the same way when people come up and tell you the same thing. Thank you. And absolutely, that's, that's all that matters is to create an impact. And I don't think that people need to sacrifice, um, 
the lifestyle they want to create to create an impact. I think that you can do both. So I'd say go after it. I agree with that too. 100%. Um, what is the must-have trait that you look for in a partner? That should be traits. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, I guess, you know, I, I've been single for quite a while now and I made a point of that. Um, after I broke up with my ex, I knew I really needed to take some time to really kind of reevaluate the choices I was making in partners. And, uh, so I, my big, my biggest thing is loving my daughter first. I have to have somebody who, um, I don't need to have an extra parent. She doesn't need an extra parent, but I need somebody who can really understand that, you know, she is my priority. And unfortunately, you know, she's probably going to come before him. <laughs> so mm-hmm. be okay with that. So loving my daughter and then integrity is really important to me, you know, and showing up in the relationship. Um, and another thing I've, I've found over the years is how a man treats, if he has an ex-wife, how he treats his ex-wife, how he talks about her is really important too. Mm-hmm. Because I think that shows his ability to either forgive and move on. I mean, obviously we all have different circumstances that you can understand that everybody comes into your life for a reason mm-hmm. um, and have more of that mindset. That's really important to me. I mean, my daughter's father and I get along great now. It took us a long time to get to this point, but I appreciate the fact he was in my life because you know, I, one of the best gifts ever is my daughter, you know? And um, so that's something as well. Health has to be a priority because I, you know, I can't be one-sided because if I'm off in the gym in the morning and you're complaining at me, it's not going to work because that's not going to change because that's who I am. Yeah. Um, yeah, a good sense of humor. That's another thing too. You know, if you're super hot, that helps. But <laughs> now that as I've gotten older, I guess what becomes more attractive to me is somebody's intelligence. Yes. Now, I have met so many men who, um, you know, physically you could look at them and go, oh my gosh, they're so hot. But when you talk to them, it's, it's, it's almost painful. Painful. So I think um, intelligence is such a big turn on when somebody knows who they are and um, can operate with love and, and kindness. And that's a huge, huge thing for me. So mm-hmm. yeah, because I'm looking at more of a big picture now. It's not just, I think as I've gotten older too, I really want to have a partner who is secure in who they are, is confident, who has their own thing going on and that you walk side by side. I don't believe a relationship is about restriction. A relationship should be about freedom to expand and be the biggest you you can possibly be. And my role as your partner should be encouraging that and vice versa. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. I love all of that. Are you, are you, um, are you actively looking? <laughs> I'm actively looking. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone, you heard it. There you go. Um, no, I mean, I definitely, um, yeah, I mean, I obviously would love to find somebody to, you know, go to movies with and hang out with and, and all those kind of things. Um, but yeah, I think that person will come. I, yeah, I have no fear in that. So yeah. I just, yeah, I think it's, yeah, I am. I'm looking. So there we go. <laughs> I guess yeah. that answers my question. I'm blushing. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so I've got a fit girl five, a final five questions. Okay. Um, what is your must-have beauty product? I would say mascara. Yeah, awesome. Sure. What is a must-have workout gear? I'm a definite sucker for my Lululemon tennis skirts in the summertime. Ah. Even though I you, don't play tennis ever. <laughs> you wear them to work out or you wear them for cardio? Or? All the time to work out. And I have like 20 of them. I have a serious addiction to them. And oh, like, my gosh. So you <laughs> 
<laughs> I have lots of them. Cool. I have like three that I bought for golf tournaments oh, and then I wore them for the golf tournament and I have never worn them again. So I will bring them and give them to you whenever <laughs> I see you. <laughs> um, favorite app? I really like the MyFitnessPal app. You know, mm. when I do, I do think on macro coaching too. So I help you kind of figure out what your macros are and all that kind of stuff. And I think with a lot of people, they don't understand how, what food they need to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, that's part of it is there's so much information going on out there. Um, so a lot of times we'll latch on to these different, you know, diets, but I think you can understand the basics of, you know, your carbs, your fats, your protein, and then enter it into something and have accountability, especially if you've never had accountability. Mm-hmm. And that's been really empowering for a lot of people that I work with is they're able to be like, oh, I didn't realize I was eating that much carbs or, you know, the common, I don't eat that much food. And then when you begin to break it down, they're like, oh, I do eat a lot of food. Yeah. You know, so it really makes you accountable. So I really, I really like that app. Uh, what's in your gym bag? Um, well, I usually don't have a gym bag, but I bring my purse into the gym. You know, mm-hmm. not supposed to, but it's a big one. It's the tweet. So uh, I have my headphones in there, water, um, change, and usually like just an extra shirt to throw on top when I leave the gym. And a bucket list adventure or travel destination. Well, my daughter and I are going on an African safari in the spring. What? Yeah, I won it for um, work when I hit a certain sales milestone a couple years wow. ago. So it's a trip part of the world for two. So we are just finalizing that right now. Her school schedule just came up yesterday and I just emailed the travel agent. So I believe in March, we're going to go do that for 10 days. Oh so I'm really looking forward to that with her. And then I personally, with Sam's child, hopefully with maybe another adult, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> to Greece or Italy next year. I'd really love to do that. So, uh, yeah. That sounds amazing. African safari, like that's a definite bucket list that everybody needs to do. I know. I know. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so cool. So any last notes, Erin, and the best way that we can um, engage with you? I guess I... I I guess my biggest thing is just that if you're feeling stuck with food, you're feeling like you can't overcome, like if you're struggling with an eating disorder, you're struggling binge eating or trying to find some sort of healthy way of sustainability with your fitness and your health, that it is possible. I struggled for so many years and trust me, there are so many times I never thought I'd ever be free of my bulimic Erin, I guess you get to call her, and that it actually really is possible. It really, it really is. And um, if you're really struggling to reach out to, you know, local, there's so many great local um, support groups you can reach out to, or I mean, you can reach out to me as well. Um, I'm more than willing to, you know, help out or share or talk or whatever needs to be done. Um, and I guess the best way to engage with me, I'm on Instagram. So Aaron Bella Ashley and Facebook and I have Twitter and Snapchat. And then of course my webpage is AaronAshley.com. Awesome. I love what you stand for and I love how you represent yourself. And I think that you are a big motivation and influence in the industry. So thank you so much, Erin. Oh, thank you so much. I feel the same way about you. So I mean, it's great what you're doing here. So thank you. Well, thank you. Um, until I see you again. Thank you so much and have a, have a great rest of your day. You too. Thanks, Holly. Goodbye. Okay, bye. bye.